0: Once again a warm welcome from me and the universe. It's so good to be back. This is our episode number two Tantra the expansion of consciousness. Today we introduce you to the true essence of one of the most misunderstood spiritual traditions of Hinduism, Tantra. And to explain why Tantra is often misunderstood we are going to begin with a story that can be read in one of Pandit Rajmani Tegunet's books called The Tantra Unveiled. Deborah Willoughby, the president of Swami Rama's Himalayan Institute in Pennsylvania, wrote this story as a preface to this precious book. The story goes like this. In the late 1950s, a missionary in West Africa persuaded two tribal chieftains to accompany him to the region's largest city. Never having been so far away from their village, the two were quite overwhelmed and in awe of the unfamiliar sights and sounds around them. Man-made structures that were more than 8 feet high were outside of their understanding, so naturally they were quite astounded by the tall buildings. The three men wound their way through the crowded streets and into one of the city's main hotels. While the missionary was talking to the manager and seeing through the necessities of hotel bookings, the two chieftains were looking around the foyer and it is then that they noticed a door opening in the opposite wall to reveal a metal grate in front of a tiny room. There was a man seated inside the tiny room. He opened the metal grate and let four men waiting outside enter this room. These men then turned around and faced the front. Next, the seated man pulled the metal grate over the opening and the door closed. A few minutes passed and the tribal men continued to watch the other ongoings in the hotel lobby. Then, the door to the tiny room opened again. The man seated inside pulled the metal grate and out stepped not the four men, but two women and two girls. What black art was this? It had reduced four healthy men to women and little girls. Sickened and terrified, the two made for the street, bent on reaching home and safety as quickly as possible. The missionary raced after them and once he understood what the problem was, he tried to explain what they had seen. But both men had witnessed the same awful metamorphosis, and since both had the same experience and trusted each other, they were unwilling to believe that they had indeed seen something else. It is this problem of seeing that lies at the center of the misunderstanding that surrounds Tantra. That is why in India when you utter the word Tantra, Indians tend to look at the spokesman for Tantra as someone to be avoided. At all cost. Indians equate Tantra with Jadw Black Magic Vashikaran Seduction and Influencing the Mind Yoga of Sex and possibly at the very worst secret Smashan Bhumi quote unquote burial ground practices. On the other hand, in case of the Westerners, if you type Tantra in Google, the first search results will direct you towards sites that will talk about sex, orgasmic sex, and how to have sex for hours, without having consumed any kind of sexual wellness products. So you see, we can merely say that the West's interest in Tantra is solely relegated to this activity of orgasmic and sensationalized sex. But is that what Tantra really is? No, absolutely not. This view is a myopic understanding of looking at Tantra without our inner vision in play. Like the tribesmen, both the Indians and the Westerners cannot comprehend what they are seeing when they watch Tantra in play until they enlarge their view of reality. Because the Tantric vision is radically different from the whole world view about what Tantra really is. Tantric adepts see the world and everything in it as an indivisible whole. As a tangible manifestation of the Divine Mother. This is not a metaphor for them. But a living, breathing reality. And because it is so, we have Tantric masters like the Surya Vidyan Praneta Vishuddhananda Paramhansa, a solar scientist... Who could manipulate the sun's rays and produce any living fragrance out of thin air? The great three fifty year old tantric adept of Banaras, Sri Trilanga Swami, who could transmute garbage served to him by a British officer into delicious steaming hot chicken for his meal. Dattiawali Baba, an adept of Bhagalamukhi, one of the most esoteric tantric paths, was able to immobilize bullets after they were fired, just like Neo from the Matrix movies what all of them and other tantrics of the world comprehended in their own ways was this the Divine Mother is not in the world she is the world she is the universe the ancient view of tantra is veiled in mystery and the only way to penetrate this veil is to patiently cultivate the ability to see the universe the way the tantric masters do as a mere extension of the Divine Mother. And so, when we pray to her or we seek her shelter, the world becomes ours to play with. Tantra is an alchemical tradition where adepts understand consciousness and energy to such an extreme atomic depth that they become one with it and hence are able to seduce and manipulate the forces of matter and spirit. This is a very precise science, and every single miracle that we see at the hands of the Tantrics, good or bad, is merely their personal equation with the Divine Mother in action. At this juncture, the universe and me want to say a little prayer, penned by Swami Shivanand of Rishikesh. Om. Our salutations to the Mother the Jagatajanani, Jagadamba, Shakti, Who is the Parabrahman of the Vedantins The Paramshava of the Sampraday, The Mahavishnu of Vaishnavites Who is the Father in Heaven of the Christians Allah of the Mohammedans Yahweh of the Jews Nirvana of the Bhautas Ahura Masa of the Zoroastrians The All That Is of Occidental philosophers, the God Almighty of all religions. Our salutations to you, O Devi, Om. So, what is Tantra? The word Tantra is the coming together of two Sanskrit syllables, Tan and Tra. Tan means expansion, and Tra means consciousness. If you are an Indian, you may have used the syllable Thra in Sanskrit to form words or names that in some manner are used to denote divine consciousness. For example, Om Triambakam Yajamahim pushti Vardhanam Uruparukam Yavabandhanat Murtyor Mukshir Mahamurtat This is the Mahamurtyan Chayajab. It starts with the name Triambak the epiphany for Shiva, the eternal unchanging consciousness. Similarly, Tra can also be seen used in the Tatriya, Triguna, Trishula, Trataka and many more. The syllabic meaning of Tantra, therefore, is expansion of consciousness and anything or any technique that helps us to expand our consciousness is, in effect, Tantra. In India, our spiritual traditions will tell you that the desire for worldly pleasures is incompatible with one's spiritual quest. You can have the treasures of this world or the treasures of the spiritual realm, but you cannot have both simultaneously. This approach sets off an endless internal struggle in those who are drawn to some sort of spiritual beliefs or practices but have at the same time a natural urge to fulfill their worldly desires. The tantric approach to life avoids this painful and confusing dilemma by taking the whole person into account. It takes our human as well as our spiritual nature into account. One is not separate from the other. In the same way, the tantric adepts take the whole universe in account as a representation of the Divine Mother. Therefore, all of this world and all of its pleasures and practices are in effect the Divine Mother. And so whether we do spiritual sadhana or we indulge in pleasure, as long as we are conscious of the fact that everything is divine, it is not separate from the other, it is one. As a technique to expand consciousness, Tantra sadhana, or practice, reweaves the fabric of life and restores it to its original pattern. No other path of yoga is as systematic or as comprehensive. In fact, unbeknown to us, a lot many of our simple everyday Indian rituals are actually tantric in nature. This is because, The actions that we take up while conducting these rituals all help to expand our consciousness. They help us vibrate higher. They help us alchemically increase the punya and the prarabdha. The punya being our goodness quotient and prarabdha being the karma that we carry forward to the next lifetime. They purify our body's capacity to hold more prana, which is essentially the biochemical composition that makes up consciousness. This all means that all those profound practices of Hatha Yoga, Pranayam, Mudras, Daily Rituals, Kundalini Yoga, Nada Yoga, Mantra, Yantra, Mandala, Visualization of deities, alchemy, Ayurveda, astrology and hundreds of esoteric techniques that may involve making worldly and spiritual prosperity a possibility. They all have their core essence blended perfectly in tantric disciplines. This is because all these are practices that help us to expand our consciousness. We take birth in a human body. To transcend from the earthly plane, which is a three-dimensional construct, to the higher dimensions of the universe. Tantra allows us to make that leap. How does it do this? Tantra realizes that the key to success is Shakti. Mahadevi, Maheshwari, Parashakti. She is the supreme Shakti or the power of the supreme being. She is the creatrix of the universe. The goddesses Durga, Tripurasundari, Lalita, Rajarajeshwari are all forms of Parashakti or that Mula prakriti, meaning that original nature. In the Shakti doctrine Shiva is the supreme unchanging eternal consciousness and Shakti is his kinetic power as in power and motion. So, Shiva is Shunya, the void, the nothing, and the universe is his power in motion. Hence, the universe in its manifestation as we know it, is Shakti. So, this Shakti, which is the supreme power, resides within the human as the power of soul, the power of the divine force within. And whether a being achieves success in their life or not, is solely dependent on that being's ability to access its own divine power and utilize it to manifest their desires into reality. Therefore, we can say that the understanding of Tantra is the understanding of how to access the divine force within and use it to expand our human consciousness to divine consciousness. This expansion then results in the Kundalini Shakti that is lying latent in the muladhara chakra to awaken and rush to meet the shiva, the supreme unchanging eternal being that awaits her return to him. In the last episode of Ananyatva, we talked about festivals being time portals. In a context similar to that, tantric sites are energy portals teeming with a divine energy force that has been created and held in that space by generations of Tantric adepts practicing Tantra in these sites for thousands of years. This energy bottle is a living laboratory for Tantrics of today to access a particular energy that they would require for their practice in present times. Somewhat similar to a book lover looking for the first edition of, say, Pride and Prejudice, in a rare archival library. There is something special about a first edition. It has stood the test of time and has gone through many hands, and probably has markings or little notes in it that many readers may have left on the book. Similarly, a tantric site is an invisible laboratory, where seekers of today can access the energy that they are looking for to complete the energy puzzle within. The puzzle or puzzles are the missing piece or pieces that keeps the Kundalini from awakening. There are many such Tantric sites in the Indian subcontinent. Tantra is not specific only to India, but is spread across India, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka and Burma if not further. Afghanistan's sole Tantric site was destroyed during the Bamiyan Buddha incident. But that particular storytelling, we will keep for some other episode. allahabad Tirtharaj, the lord of all the shrines, is so called because thousands of devout tantric practitioners and millions of faithful shakta pilgrims visit it every year, perpetuating the concentration of spiritual energy there. Kamakhya in Assam is one of the 51 Shakti Pithas where the yoni or the vagina of the goddess Sati fell. After Vishnu, Sudarshan Chakra cut the body of Devi Sati into pieces to save the world from Shiva's wrath. Kamakya is a shrine that is the most prominent tantric shrine in India, where animal sacrifice is still practiced. But yet, the atmosphere is permeated by an overwhelming sense of compassion and tranquility. How is this possible? one would think. How can a place that is always soaked in the blood and gore of animal sacrifice ever exude peace? At Kamakya, all the pairs of opposites, light and dark, compassion and cruelty, exist side by side. The protector of all living beings, the Divine Mother, consumes flesh and her fierce consort Parav, the giver of clarity and spiritual enlightenment, is pleased only by the offering of liquor. For the masses, this is a contradiction that may be very hard to swallow. This dichotomy is beyond the understanding of the common man who wonders how such a Tamsik diet can bring about enlightenment or awakening of any kind. To add to this, tantrics at Kamakhya talk invariably of sex as the last step to their sadhana but in person they are actually observing celibacy. All in all, anyone who is not familiar with this basic metaphysics of tantra will find the atmosphere around this tantric shrine very disorienting and a 360 degree turn around to the expectation of how pious and pure a temple should be to be able to have a sublime communion with the Divine. However, if they come even slightly prepared, they could experience the dance of the creative and the destructive aspects of Divinity. Life and death seen at one go. In other words, if one does not know how to see motherly affection in both aspects of the Divine force, the initial experience of compassion and tranquility, will soon be replaced by fear and revulsion, and a vow will be made never to return to this accursed place. Hence, as mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, the problem in the misunderstanding of tantra lies in being unable to see reality as it really is. Not what we see with our physical eyes, but what we see with the help of our inner vision of the divine. The purpose of life is to live life with an inner awareness. With this inner awareness, we realize that every single thing in this universe is the all-blissful mother. If everything is her, then nothing is condemnable. Nothing to fear and nothing to run away from. As we self-realize, mind-body transformation occurs and oneness prevails. Tantra, therefore, is called as the saving wisdom. It is not something to be feared or to be repulsed by. It is the boat that takes man safely to the shores of fearlessness, immortality, freedom and perfection. May Parashakti or Devi, the Universal Mother Jagdamba, bless you all with the wisdom to choose your path, peace and immortal bliss. Om. In the next episode, we will look into the basic philosophy of Tantra, that which is known as the Pinda Brahmandavad, and see how Tantra Yoga lays special emphasis on the development of the six chakras from Muladhar, the root chakra, to Ajna, the third eye chakra. In addition, the universe and me would love to hear from you. Anchor allows you to drop in voice messages. Please use this facility to ask any questions you may have about the content covered in the past two episodes. We are going to be doing a special question and answer podcast session every six episodes. And we would love to answer any queries you may have. See you soon. Thank you.